When I'm having a good hair day, that's when I'm my best self. I feel good. I look great. And I will say, painting sulfate-free rose water collection is a part of that. The rose water collection. It feels and smells amazing and comes with a deep treatment that leaves your hair petal soft. It was inspired by Ramadan traditions when many in the Middle East break the fast with rose water because of its hydrating benefits. And the collection is free of sulfates, parabens, dyes, and mineral oil. So experience something new and discover what's good with the Pantene Nutrient Blends Collection. I'm Hugh Atchison. I'm a chef, a restaurateur, a traveler, and now I'm the host of The Passenger. People ask me all the time, you know, what's that list of places to go in this city, in that city? And this show is dedicated to that idea, immersing yourself in that culture and finding out what's intriguing and what we think about the future of that place as a visitor, as a passenger. The first season of The Passenger premieres February 27th. Subscribe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. watched it with my parents. <laughs> and they were like, ah, yeah. <laughs> we've got an idea. Hey, this is Annie, and you're listening to Stuff Mom Never Told You. And today on the podcast, we have another guest co-host, our good friend and co-worker, Tari Harrison. Thank you so much for being here, Tari. Hey, Annie. Thanks for having me. Tari is a producer. She's normally behind the scenes, so to speak. Um, but you pitched this really interesting idea, um, making friends with loneliness. Can you explain what that means and why you wanted to talk about that today? Yes, I can. So um, I pitched this topic after reading an article my friend posted on Facebook about Tracy Ellis Ross, the daughter of the famous Diana Ross, star of the hit show Blackish, and last year's Golden Globe winner for Best Actress, that also happens to be 45, unmarried, and doesn't have kids or the desire to be married with children. So Tracy, I'm just going to refer to Tracy as if I know her personally. I don't, <laughs> but maybe one day. I would get to know her on a first-name basis, but for now, just because I want to be short and concise, I'm not going to say Tracy Ellis Ross all the time. That's too much. Yeah. Anyways, (laughs) back to the subject at hand. Tracy, in his article, Tracy simply denounced cultural pressures that society placed on women about marriage and babies. She has this great sense of pride and of singleness and self-love that, to me, I think it's simply admirable. The more I read within this article, the more it helped me understand why my friend posted this article to begin with. I promised I wouldn't use her name, so when I mention my friend, I will refer to her as my friend. Okay. (laughs) So my friend, she was very adamant about not wanting to have kids. And I was like, this is very difficult for me to understand. I'm like, how can you not want to have kids? Like... You're so great with your nieces and nephews. Like, she took them on a Disney cruise. Ooh, nice. <laughs> and those don't come cheap. Those are no. pretty pricey. And at one point, I was like, hey, can you adopt me? I want to go on a Disney cruise. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, like, she's a nurse by profession. Like, she's a natural nurturer. And out of our group of friends, she's the one who's taking care of everyone and making sure everyone is good. And so um, I had reached out to her. Um, before doing this interview, and I asked her, can I share a story? And she said it was okay. And these are the words she expressed to me. So I quote, 
For me, the bigger picture isn't and wasn't always a family and husband. I assume one would be there, but honestly, self-worth and happiness means more than being someone's wife to me. After talking to my friend and digesting this article in its entirety, I began to understand her choice, and it even changed my perspective for my own life. So in June... I turned the big time to grow up and take life serious, age of 30. <laughs> dirty 30. Yes, dirty 30. That's what I call it. I don't think anyone else calls it that. No, lots of people call it that. Oh, good. Because <laughs> I also recently turned 30, and I was very drunkenly broadcasting it at a work event, like, dirty 30 is coming up, and people were giving me strange looks. So that makes me feel better, sorry. It's a big age to me. Dirty 30 is like your last hurrah, sort of like paying homage to a decade of your young, wild, and free years of your 20s. And after the celebrations are all over and the alcohol has wore off, you're reminded that 30 is actually the age to embrace adulting and take life more seriously. It's yeah. kind of hard to transition after 20s. You had so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our office manager made it sound like I was never going to have fun again when I turned 30. <laughs> she was like, well, now you're an adult. And I said, what? <laughs> really? <laughs> like, oh, this is fun. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't ready for it. I'm still processing it. You know, mm-hmm. June was not that long ago, so I still kind of feel like I'm in my 20s. Anyways, <laughs> so... um Turning this age, you know, it just really started making me question things and wondering how do I look still partying and doing things I would have done as I was in my 20s and questioning myself, am I living to keep up with society? Am I aiming for marriage and children to please my mom? Or am I doing it because of this fear of being alone? Or is it something I truly desire to have? So many questions arise and that I didn't have the answer to, and still today I don't have the answer to. Back to Tracy. She stated in an interview with Glamour magazine that she had to make friends with loneliness. These words stuck to me like metal on a magnet. I couldn't get it out of my head, and everything started to click. My brain went off, like ding, 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 ding. I got it. The more you age, the more you learn about yourself through out the changes, the many changes in your life that occur. It's really about finding self-love. So I think that's my take on making friends with loneliness. It all draws to knowing and loving yourself, forgetting everyone's expectations and living your life for you and not for someone else. Tracy stressed the importance of knowing the difference between solitude and loneliness because there is a clear difference that we will get into later. But to make friends with loneliness is, in my opinion, a choice to enjoy doing things alone and to truly embrace that time with yourself as you partake in activities that you would normally do with another counterpart, valuing your time with self by scheduling it into your daily routines and simply learning to appreciate those moments to have me time. Oh, me time. (laughs) Yeah, we were talking a little bit about this when we were planning this episode, and um, I think you and I have a lot of similarities in our in our family um, and how they kind of react to this idea. Um, don't you? You get a lot of questions about this from your family, Tari. Don't you have like a reality TV story? <laughs> My mom's gonna kill me. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I, I think. Well, see, I'm originally from Portland, Oregon, and living in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm 
all the way across the country. And so every time I go back home for the holidays, I'm getting asked, who am I seeing? Who am I dating? Even at one point, my grandmother, she was trying to, when she was alive, she was trying to set me up with a pastor. God bless her heart. I know it was in the right place, but um, the the way I enjoy cocktails, that would have never worked. Mm. But (laughs) (laughs) anyways, um, the reality show. So my mom... I don't know if she was serious or if she was playing, but I think if I would have done it, she would have been happy. But she wanted me to go on Fox's Love Connection show. Have you seen it? <laughs> I have not seen that. Have you seen it? I've seen it. Oh, okay. we, I actually watched it with my parents. <laughs> and they were like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> We've got an idea. <laughs> you should be on it. And I'm like, I would never Ever like this is the most like I can't believe I'm actually on Sminty right now. <laughs> this is a love connection. Yeah. I didn't want to tell you, but this is the most I've ever shared my personal life, especially in the regards to dating. So, me going on a reality show, no, that would never happen, never. So, um, yeah, my mom she wanted me on that show and. <laughs> <laughs> I said no. I would never. <laughs> so yeah, even though I know my mom's um, hopes and whatnot for me getting on that show was all in the right place because you know her and my dad they've been married since forever, so many years, thirty plus years. I lose track, but she wants me to be as happy as they are, and I'm sure like if my grandma was here today, she would have wanted me as happy as. Her and my grandfather were. Um, but last year I made a post on Facebook. I was stating that my Christmas gift came early because my mom stopped questioning about my dating life. <laughs> and so I've always been one that's just been career focused, like school and finding my place in the entertainment field has always been my priority. And I will always say if the right one comes along, then it's meant to be. But I don't really feel like I have control of that and I don't have the power to say I want this awesome loyal guy that has everything I want to I want in a man to appear because I don't think he really exists like Mm -hmm. (laughs) not to go on and on but I really enjoy my time alone and I fear that being with the same person every day will become boring and I know I will want my own space even if we share a house I'm going to need a woman's cave for sure, but (laughs) (laughs) that's outside of the point. I know my family's, you know, I I just know they want me to be happy regardless of which, and they still want this whole family structure thing. Yeah, you touch on a a lot of interesting things there because um, I too value my alone time. But I, I wonder, I read somewhere recently that more and more people are like living, like they're married. But they're living in separate houses or separate. Beds. I would love that. Well, there you go. So that, there are <laughs> options. There are options for you, maybe. Um, I get questions about this all the time, and I'm sure they're not meant to make me feel like an incomplete person, but they they do. Like I'm missing something. I haven't found this piece that I need. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about, because uh, I'm always thinking about movies, I guess. Yeah. Um, the line, you complete me, it says <laughs> so much. <laughs> it does, because saying I was incomplete without you, I don't know. Um, 
it to me it it makes it seem like it says okay so my life was not full before meeting you, and to me that's kind of whack. If I was to ever marry somebody, I would want to say you enhance my life because now I have someone to share the bills with, or even someone nice enough to pay them all. Oh, that would be great, yeah. <laughs> even though I don't think that person is real, but that would be so great. Um, but yeah, I don't want to say oh my life was. Like, you complete me. That's just giving way too too much for me. I don't know. Yeah, I like that. I like you enhance my life. Yeah, you enhance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like better. I'll keep you around. <laughs> but, yeah, I would think I could complete my own life, you know, regardless if I didn't, if I had or didn't have that other person, you know. Mm-hmm. That's what you're living for to, you're constantly working every, as every year progressed to, find ways to complete yourself. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, I, I live alone, and I'm not dating anybody. Mm-hmm. But I do have a lot of close friendships, and I would say that my life is pretty full. And in fact, most people I know in serious relationships, that they don't do as much as I do, which makes sense, because mm-hmm. if you've got somebody that you're cool with just staying in and hanging out with, you'll probably do that more yeah. often. Um, And it does sting a bit when friends of mine start dating someone new and I feel a little bit like an old toy that they just put away on the shelf because now they have this new exciting person. Don't you hate that? It's terrible. I have a friend I can tell every time she starts dating someone new because all of a sudden it's like radio silence. Yeah, I, I hate that. And it's like, hey, the times that I've been in a relationship... I stayed by your side. I was I I never ducked your calls. <laughs> I, I made sure I answered your calls. I gave you the same amount of time as when I was single for in when I was in a relationship. So, but not everyone's wired like me. So I have to give them a pass. It's true. I, and yeah, once once kids get in the mix, hell yeah, kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, then yeah, it makes sense, but it does hurt a little bit, right? And it's kind of sad because you know. You're saying goodbye to mm-hmm. this part of your friendship where it was, it was, I guess, easier. Yeah. Um, and it's nobody's fault. That's just kind of a natural progression. Mm-hmm. But it does, yeah, it does sting a bit. Um, and with so much of society structured around this idea of the nuclear family of success being the family and the house, it can feel like, or at least sometimes I get the feeling that people think, I have not succeeded in life because I Mm. don't have those things. Recently, I was at a friend's wedding, and I caught the bouquet, which in case you don't know, means you're next in line to get married. (laughs) we're planning your wedding now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, if you got (laughs) wedding plans. Well, a lot of people came up to me after, and I got to say most of them were like older dudes, but Mm -hmm. they came up to me after and asked, well, who is the lucky guy? And I would say... Nope, no one, not really in the cards. And I got so many follow-up questions. Why not? How can this be? Mm-hmm. You're a fine-looking lady. I'm sure you could get somebody. <laughs> to the point that my friend who got married, he came up and he was like, are these people hounding you? Leave her alone. <laughs> and it's just funny how much, I guess, this is what we're, we're told we should be mm-hmm. moving towards. And when we were talking about this earlier, um, I sort of got to thinking maybe it's generational because my mom got married when she was really young, like at 20 or 21. 
And to me, that, that's before you have a chance to have those years where you're growing up and figuring out who you are as an adult. Because if I look back at 20, that was a different person. I changed so much in the decade that is the 20s. And now that she and my dad have grown apart, she's sort of having to learn that stuff, that who am I kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's been really interesting for me because she'll call and ask for advice on what should I do? I don't know what to do with my time. And I'll ask, well, what do you like to do? And she didn't have a response ready at first. And when we kind of started talking about it, um, she, she felt like the things she liked to do were things that you shouldn't do alone, especially as a woman. She loves hiking. She didn't think she should go hiking alone as a woman. Mm -hmm. And I gave her the info for a hiking club that I know, and now she's gone on several hikes with them, and she's gone on some by herself. She started texting me a lot of Yay, pictures. Mommy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Good for you. Um, and there are still things that are far more acceptable to do with a significant other mm -hmm. or, or even another person. A friend of mine Canceled last minute, uh, last Friday, I think, a couple Fridays ago, before a Harry Potter live orchestra showing of the Chamber of Secrets. So I had to go by myself, and I definitely got some looks. <laughs> I don't think that was in my head. I think people were like, this woman is at a Harry Potter event on a Friday by herself. <laughs> but I wanted to go. Sometimes you have to do that. Though. Oh, yeah. Like, you can't just wait out for somebody else to do the things you enjoy. Like, um, for instance, I remember there was this big movie premiere for Precious. I was wanting to see it so bad. I heard great reviews about it. And every time I would try to connect with one of my friends, they were like, oh, I can't go this day. And I'm like, I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait. Like, I want to see it now. And so usually I would never, ever go see a movie um, the premiere weekend alone. Yeah. But I said, forget it. I'm going to do it. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> I need to be a part of this conversation. So I went alone. And it was, it was kind of weird because it was just me. <laughs> I right. didn't have anyone to talk to while... Um, trailers for the other movies were um <laughs> right like, I do enjoy trailers but some of them I'll talk through them but <laughs> I didn't have anybody to talk to luckily I could just like scroll through my phone so like places that I go by myself initially to I'm on my phone and that kind of helps transition me into like okay I'm there I'm alone it's okay I have mm -hmm. company on my phone <laughs> right yeah <laughs> yeah the, oh having a phone being alone in an event can be <laughs> a lifesaver just because it gives you something to do. But after a while, I do start to feel like I have checked everything. Yeah. And people, <laughs> I'm still alone. The other day, the other day, it was like months ago, I was at an event by myself. I didn't know anybody, and it was a really nice event. Mm -hmm. And I, I just felt like I was the, if you typed into Google, Sad single lady. <laughs> That's the image that would have popped up is me. But uh, I actually ended up meeting a lot of cool people that night, which is a, mm -hmm. an argument to make about, you know, just being social and putting your phone away. But Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what I like about, like, when I read an article um, for strategies for, like, dealing with just being alone and, like, your loneliness. 
um, and being comfortable with that. Uh, she says she has like a toolbox that she uses that she'll go through. And I wanted to suggest some of my toolboxes of the tools I'll pick out for the times of when I'm making friends with my loneliness. Um, so Netflix is yeah. definitely on there because I love movies and music for good vibes. And my addiction to Facebook is among them in my toolbox. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, like, so my hammer, uh, what I would refer to as my hammer, screwdriver, wrench, like those important tools would be my TV, phone, and laptop, of course. Those are my companions. On <laughs> <laughs> a day when I have time to be lonely and I'm not as busy, which doesn't really come often, but when it does, um, those three like literally get me through anything. So I sleep with my phone, wake up to my laptop, and I date my TV. <laughs> it's like the perfect relationship because I always need to be entertained. Like being bored is traumatizing for me. I cannot stand it. <laughs> mm. So you should have a wedding ceremony where you and the TV walk down the aisle. It's <laughs> like on wheels. Cool. I mean, they did have one of those weird uh, marriages. Uh, Weird marriage. Where somebody married their iPhone. Oh my God. Like so you're it, right. I forgot about that. <laughs> well, see? <laughs> I will not be that extreme. I will not marry my iPhone and I would not marry myself. Do even you know people do that. <laughs> I do not. I don't need it. <laughs> do you talk to your, your phone and your computer? No, I don't even talk to Siri. You don't talk to Siri? I don't even talk to Siri. No. 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 I, I talk to my phone sometimes. It's more like when I drop it, I apologize. Oh, <laughs> oh I'm so sorry, phone. Oh, no. Um, so I thought we could define loneliness here mm -hmm. because we are talking about the difference between loneliness and solitude and being lonely. So the dictionary definition is affected with, characterized by, or causing a depressing feeling of being alone, lonesome, destitute, of sympathetic or friendly companionship, intercourse support, etc. But that is different than solitude or just being by yourself. You don't have to be lonely when you're alone, if that makes sense. And this brings us to that Tracy Ellis Ross interview. But first, it brings us to a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Okay, so a recent study found that a great hair day makes you happier and more confident. But that same study also revealed that 95% of women don't feel great about their hair. I can definitely relate to the confidence part because if my hair is doing something a little weird, something I don't want it to do, <laughs> then I, I can't stop thinking about it the rest of the day. Oh my God, we've all been there. Pantene's Rosewater Collection feels and smells amazing and comes with a deep treatment that leaves your hair petal soft. It was inspired by Ramadan traditions when many in the Middle East break the fast with rosewater because of its hydrating benefits. And the collection is free of sulfates, parabens, dyes, and mineral oil. Your hair doesn't look really great. Thank you. I actually worked in a place for a while that was very sensitive environmentally, and we weren't allowed to use shampoos that had sulfate in them, so that's something that I look for these days. And bonus, I love the way that my hair looks now. So experience something new and discover what's good with the Pantene Nutrient Blends Collection. This episode is brought to you by NBC's Good Girls. Okay, the new season of NBC's Good Girls is generating serious buzz. 
Christina Hendricks, Retta, and Mae Whitman have never been more hilarious as America's favorite moms turned gangsters, Beth, Ruby, and Annie. Already this season, there have been some big twists and breathtaking surprises. The fans love it, and the critics do too. Variety calls good girls addictive and audacious. Entertainment Weekly says it's just what you need, and Rotten Tomatoes certifies good girls 100% fresh. So, if you've missed any of the new season, get yourself online and stream it now. And Sundays on NBC, watch it live. There's sure to be big twists and huge surprises. So, you'll want to enjoy your Good Girls experience in a spoiler-free zone. The all-new, all-hilarious season of Good Girls, Sundays on NBC, and stream anytime. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Okay, so Tari, why don't you tell us about this Tracy Ellis Ross interview? Well, pretty much in this interview, um, Tracy is just talking about her life at being 45 years old and not married without kids and how she's successful, but yet people are still questioning her, like, when is she going to have kids? Like, as if her life hasn't really equated too much because she still doesn't have kids in the family, which sucks. That's not cool. Like, stopping this whole shaming women for the fact if they don't have that. And she's, um, I think it was the 2017 Glamour Summit. She had gave a speech pretty much about how to make friends with loneliness and just uh, loving yourself, finding yourself work worth and enjoying every aspect of yourself and just being comfortable with not having to fit in society standards. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, it's it was a great interview. And to me, it's both sad mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, comforting. Mm-hmm. Because she's obviously done a lot. She's a lot. successful. Super successful. Like, I didn't even know she was a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> and to have people still assume that she's not quite successful yeah. or that she's not complete or that her life is missing mm-hmm. this thing, I guess no matter what level of fame and success you achieve, mm-hmm. at least at this point in our society, for women, there's still going to be this, well, when are you going to settle down and have kids? Yeah. And someone, because she stated that someone at 52 years old told her, it's never too late. I adopted. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, wow. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's pretty messed up. <laughs> but what what I don't like is, like, if a guy says, and we're not trying to man bash here, but if a guy <laughs> says, oh, I want to be a bachelor for life, like, he gets a nod. But if a female says that, they're like, oh, that's kind of sad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a different standard for sure. Um, and she, she spoke about in the article, well-meaning people telling her, yeah, it's never too late or, Mm -hmm. uh, like you need to give your life meaning. Yeah. And she said, quote, as if all that I have done and who I am doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And to sort out all of her mixed feelings about this, she decided to write about it in a journal. And the first thing she wrote was my life is mine. And just writing that the sentiment behind it moved her to tears it was really powerful. Very, very. Because mm-hmm. when when you say that, my life is mine, it, it just puts things more into perspective of, okay, this is what I want. Mm-hmm. You start thinking more like, okay, maybe I don't want kids or maybe I do. Like, who knows? Like, for me, in my own life, um, 
I know I don't want to have kids because I felt my friend's bellies while they were pregnant, and I was disgusted. I was like, oh, that's nasty. <laughs> wow, that's one I haven't heard. <laughs> I'm like, seems like an alien's in there, and I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't, I'm like, I still seem so immature on that matter because I'm like, I don't know if I would want something growing in me. And I was like, if I did have kids— I would have to be with somebody rich because I'm not rich because <laughs> we would need a surrogate because I don't think I could carry a baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you could always adopt, Tari. Ah, but see, I'm selfish. I want If I do have a kid, I want the kid to look like me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Just to have a kid to see what a miniature version of me looks like. That's it. <laughs> That's you, it. Got, you got a lot of layers to this. I have so many layers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um. If we go go back to the article <laughs> away from a fear of alien babies growing inside of you, Tracy uh, Ellis Ross said, I have had to really make friends with loneliness and know the difference between choiceful solitude and lonely. I find comfort in being able to name it, to say I'm feeling lonely, than to have a tribe of people I feel safe enough with to share. This is how I feel. Yeah. That's so deep. <laughs> it is, it is. And we all feel... Lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not to say that Dari and I are somehow immune. <laughs> <laughs> we have achieved some kind of anti-lonely bubble. Because we haven't. But it's good to be able to recognize yes. it. And know the difference between being alone and being lonely. Mm-hmm. And this kind of brings us to something that I know a lot of you listeners have concerns about or questions about. And that is making friends as an adult. Mm, tough. Yeah, it is. And uh, we've done a couple of episodes on it. Actually, research bears out some of what Tracy Ellis Ross is talking about here because the mid-20s is around the time people start losing friends, and it's largely because of settling down and starting families, that thing we were talking about earlier, or people figuring out who their close friends are and focusing more on them. Mm -hmm. So kind of trimming your friend group, I guess. And I feel that, at least in my case... I'm very lucky and that I have more friends than ever. Mm-hmm. So maybe that is changing as all of these goalposts are kind of moving later in life. People are getting married later. Mm-hmm. They're having kids later. So maybe you're making these stronger friendships when you're more of an adult and you yeah. know everyone has a better sense of who they are. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't know. I think... For me, it's like I've been categorizing friends. So I'm like, okay, this is the kind of friend I have. Like, I try to set people for who they are. So I'm like, some people, I'm like, okay, this is an associate friend. (laughs) (laughs) This is not the person I'll tell all my my deep, dark secrets to. Mm -hmm. But we can go to the bar together and have a great conversation. But, you know, everyone has out of my friend groups. Like, I have levels to them, so... Um, bringing on new people. Like, I'm open to meet new friends, Mm -hmm. but I just put them in, like, a category. Like, okay, you are this kind of friend that I could share these details with, or you this kind of friend that I could go to this kind of events with. Right. um, Yeah, like, I would say, like, when I was an undergrad, it was kind of hard making new friends Mm -hmm. because I just didn't trust people. I'm like, oh, what if they're shady or do something kind of trifling? It It was hard, but... The older you get, the more you, you're you able to see personalities and see uh, um, behaviors as which you'll feel like, okay, I can trust this person. I can let them in. 
Yeah, and the reason that we're talking about this is because in regards to not being single, making friends with loneliness, an important aspect of that is having that tribe that Tracy Ellis Ross was describing or Mm -hmm. that friend group, that support group, whatever it is. Um, She talks about in the article how she's the one that's there. Like, if you need her for anything, she Mm -hmm. she will be there for you. And I think that is a very fulfilling thing to be be that friend. I feel like I'm also the one, if you text me, I'll probably be there. If you're like, Annie, (laughs) there's an event tonight. And it is fulfilling, but then on the same note, because I feel like I'm that friend too. It's also exhausting because oh. when you need that friend, they're not there. <laughs> right, yeah. It's like uh, one of my close friends. I love her to death. Like, she's one of my friends that I call sister. Mm-hmm. Um, To this point, well, she's like in a relationship. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like when I call her, she doesn't answer. But she expects me to answer every time I she calls me. And mm-hmm. so it's like now lately, I'm like, okay, I'm going to treat her happy. As she treats me, like I'm not gonna always be available, right? Because uh, I think a lot of my friends they just know, like, oh, they can count on me, like I'm so dependable. Like Tari is always gonna be available when we need her, and now I'm just like, oh, I'm gonna stop doing that. <laughs> yeah, and that's good. I, I, you want a equitable friendship. You don't want, I think it's called, a, uh, it's some kind of vampire term. I should know it. I love vampires. <laughs> um, but yeah, but you don't want it to be one-sided. Yeah. That's not what a good friendship is. Mm-mm. One of the the biggest things that people will throw in your face when you tell them you're A-OK with being single, you're in no rush to find anybody, is who is going to take care of you when you get older? I know. What if you fall and you can't get up, Tari? <laughs> I'm going to use the alert. <laughs> you get life alert? <laughs> Life alert. There you go. There you go. They're so not got a sponsor an of this show, but <laughs> I, will, I will have life alert. <laughs> I like that you've already you've got it planned out. That commercial, I literally cried. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I know you're not supposed to laugh at that, but that commercial is hilarious. Well, the actor wasn't great. Um, <laughs> now we're making fun of what we're going to be one day. No, I will not speak that into existence. That will not happen for my life. Hopefully not. I cannot have that bad karma. But no, that commercial was hilarious. And I haven't seen it in a long time, but you mention it. Has tears running down my eyes. You know. <laughs> but yeah, uh, friends have told me that. They're like, oh, you know, who's going to come visit you in a retirement home yeah. when you don't have kids? And um, they just want to scare you with that whole loneliness. Like, you're going to be all alone. Like, one is the loneliest number. Can I sing that song? No, I won't. I mean, go for <laughs> it. No one's going to stop you. Uh, yeah, people like to ask questions like that. What? Who's going to take care of you? Who's going to pay for the retirement home? Yeah. Uh, who's going to call you? Mm-hmm. Who's going to be sad sitting by the phone, I guess. I just hope that I could be like the Golden Girls. What's the, what was the most outgoing one? I've never seen the Golden Girls. OMG. Well, I want to be the um, cougar one. 
cougar one. Okay, there's a cougar one. <laughs> I um, forgot her name. <laughs> you were talking about how there's not really a, a, a male equivalent for cougar. Yes. It, in, in our language, there isn't. No, there's not. Which is interesting. But normally, the depiction you see of mm-hmm. older single women in the media is um, it's one that's to be feared or pitied. It's the crazy cat lady, mm-hmm. the jealous hag, the murderous witch. We talked a little about this in our Mother Destroy episode two, society's fears around single women. But this trope doesn't reflect reality. More and more of women are choosing to live alone. The majority of the 12.1 million adults living alone in the 65-plus range are women. And there's all kinds of reasons for this. It could be divorce. It could be widowhood. But you don't. the one you don't hear about is choice. More and more women are choosing to live alone. Eric Kleinbert literally wrote the book on this, and it's called Going Solo, The Extraordinary Rise and Surprising Appeal of Living Alone. In his research, he found that folks who live alone are more likely to reach out and socialize and build strong support groups. He wrote, clearly, contrary to popular belief for more of us, living alone is a choice, not a sentence. And the percentage of folks 85 or older living in retirement homes has dropped at the same time, from 22% in 1985 to 19% in 1997. Researchers speculate this might be because of declining disability rates or increased options for home care, or both. And yet another study out of the UK found that single people live more active lives than married folks because they are less likely to skip out on physical activities they're signed up for. Married couples were less likely to exercise 150 minutes per week, which I believe is the recommended amount Mm. in the United States. Uh, Yeah, the thing is, you can be in a marriage, have kids, all that stuff that we've held up as the norm, as what you're striving for for so long in our society, and still feel lonely. You can be single and not feel lonely or feel lonely. We all experience loneliness at some point or another. A study out of the University of California from 2012 found that out of the 1,064 adults over 60 surveyed, 43% reported feelings of loneliness. And of that 43%, 62.5% were married. So, yeah, we're all feeling kind of alone sometimes. (laughs) Another study found that in older folks, when blood pressure rises in reaction to some types of stress, loneliness accentuates that response. It makes it worse. Barbara Dane, who is a 91-year-old jazz musician, described her observations of aging and loneliness like this. As you get older, you see the world writing you off. So you tend to become passive and think, I don't want to bother anybody. You lose contact with your own kind, your tribe. And before you know it, you're feeling bad. It's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Your eyes start to fasten on the sunset and you start walking toward it. And that quote really resonated with me. Um, I have to my own detriment, and I think a lot of us do this, I get it in my head that I don't want to annoy anybody, that they're better off without me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but it's just like a, we're all insecure, right? And Mm -hmm. And then on the other end of that conversation, my friend, who I'm trying to not annoy with my presence, mm-hmm. thinks, well, she doesn't want to hang out with me. So it's just miscommunication, and it's impacted some of my friendships. And so I try to be less insecure, I yes. guess. <laughs> 
It, You're overthinking it. You have to get out your head. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. And speaking of not overthinking it, <laughs> we do have some advice for you. But first, we have one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. Okay. So a recent study found that a great hair day makes you happier and more confident. But that same study also revealed that 95% of women don't feel great about their hair. I can definitely relate to the confidence part because if my hair is doing something a little weird, something I don't want it to do, (laughs) then I, I can't stop thinking about it the rest of the day. Oh my God, we've all been there. Pantene's Rosewater Collection feels and smells amazing and comes with a deep treatment that leaves your hair petal soft. It was inspired by Ramadan traditions when many in the Middle East break the fast with rosewater because of its hydrating benefits. And the collection is free of sulfates, parabens, dyes, and mineral oil. Your hair doesn't look really great. Thank you. I actually worked in a place for a while that was very sensitive environmentally, and we weren't allowed to use shampoos that had sulfate in them, so that's something that I look for these days. And bonus, I love the way that my hair looks now. So experience something new and discover what's good with the Pantene Nutrient Blends Collection. Here's the thing. Saving money with GEICO is almost better than playing pickup basketball. Because there's always that guy who joins your game. He never passes the rock, he constantly bricks threes, and he'll completely hack you and then put his hands up and say, no foul, no foul. With GEICO, it's easy to switch and save on car insurance. No need to fake an ankle sprain because you're absolutely exhausted. So switch and save with GEICO. It's almost better than sports. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. And we do have some advice, um, some advice on on dealing with solitude. I personally used to tell my friends that I'm thinking of one friend in particular, and she just wasn't okay being single. She always had to be dating. And I I would tell her, you need to learn to be okay with being alone by yourself and figure out why you're not okay with that. Because I think if you can get to the heart of that, then you can work on it and you can find ways to to be okay Mm -hmm. being by yourself to make that time Better. And I think that that in turn will make your relationships better. Yeah. If you are this complete person, if you're not waiting for someone to complete you, mm-hmm. then I think that will be, it'll lead to a healthier life for you in or not in mm-hmm. relationship. So that's one I have. Um, if you're looking to make friends, I'm a big believer of shifting your mindset to be more about this kind of thing, more about making friends with yourself and with loneliness. And I know it sounds kind of trite, but what do you like to do? Get, you know, ask yourself, get to the bottom of what makes you happy. What are you interested in? What do you want to learn about? And then pursue those things. Join a group or a club that does those things. And then you already have that shared interest. You don't have to worry about planning or scheduling or finding a place. So that pressure is taken off of you. So I think that's a that's a good way. Uh, for the technically savvy, there are apps and websites that are all about finding friends or social events for single people not looking to date anybody. 
There are so many options. Uh, you've got Bumble BFF, Tender Social, Meet My Dog <laughs> for those who <laughs> want to meet up with other dog owners. At Leo. I, I don't know why I said it that way. It's A-T-L-E-O for sports lovers and athletes. Um, so if there's something you're interested in, there are a lot of options for you. And I think a lot of us are interested in it because in the first week Bumble BFF came out, there were a million swipes. So I think, you know, technology can help you in this. It can also mm-hmm. hurt you, but it can help you. Okay. Uh, do you have any, any advice, Tari, for making friends with loneliness? I would say go out your comfort zone. Like, do the stuff that you would normally do with friends. Like, I guess, like, going to a concert or, like, for you, going on a Harry Potter ride. <laughs> like, do the- Hey, I didn't mention this in the episode, but oh, it's this ride I'm determined sorry. to ride. And Ty just threw me under the bus. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. It's fine. It's fine. You have to have someone four feet or shorter with you, or you can't ride the ride. And surprise, surprise, people aren't super enthused to let you borrow their kids to ride this ride. But I will one day find a way. It's a Jurassic Park ride, to be clear, uh, to ride that ride. But yeah, um, we've talked about on the show before doing things like that, like traveling mm-hmm. alone and how rewarding it can be. Um, going to the movies alone is yeah, one that movies. I... I love, um, I just saw Halloween by myself and don't tell Ramsey because we promised we'd see it together. But I had an opportunity <laughs> and I really wanted to go. I've been waiting for weeks. Um, <laughs> so, there, yeah, I, I think that is good advice. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And I would say we're making it sound like. <laughs> We're just promoting being single. Yes, but th- no, 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 no. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I think that, yeah, it's a valid lifestyle, and we should mm-hmm. treat it as such. People are complete people. They can be human beings Yes. Uh, outside of relationship, mm-hmm. women especially in this context. But uh, make, yeah, make friends, make friends with loneliness. And love every part of you, <laughs> finding your worth and just enjoying being you and doing the things that you love the most. That's what I'm trying to put out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I, we've heard from a lot of you who have been experimenting more with doing things by yourself that are it is outside of your comfort zone and your adventures. We would love to keep hearing more of those stories. And I love one listener described it as luxurious, mm. being able to do things alone. I think she had, in her case, she had a family and kids and not that she I'm sure she loves them but just that having that that moment to Mm -hmm. to be by yourself and to appreciate that that loneliness and I think for so long we've kind of made loneliness the villain but it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be like a super sad thing no it doesn't no it's fun (laughs) (laughs) you can take it from two single ladies on the town it's fun and this whole episode is we need to give it right to our parents. Uh, <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us, Tari. Thanks for letting me ramble. I appreciate it. Yes, anytime. Anytime <laughs> you got a, a topic that you want to to pitch to me, I am all ears. And 
We would love to hear from you listeners. How do you make friends with loneliness? You can email us at momstuff at howstuffworks.com or you can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast and on Instagram at Stuff Mom Never Told You. Thanks as always to our producer, Andrew Howard. And thanks to you for listening. So here's something that some of you might find shocking. 95% of women don't feel good about their hair. But Pantene is changing that. Pantene's Rosewater Collection combats bad hair days with an innovative formula that uses rosewater derived from the petals and buds of the Rosa Gallica plant. With Pantene's Rosewater Collection, I can really feel how much more hydrated my hair is. And it's sulfate, paraben dye, and mineral oil-free, which makes me feel good because who needs all those additives? Experience something new and discover what's good with the Pantene Nutrient Blends Collection. This episode is brought to you by NBC's Good Girls. The new season of NBC's Good Girls is generating serious buzz. Christina Hendricks, Retta, and Mae Whitman are hilarious as America's favorite moms turned criminals. This show is the perfect blend of comedy, action, and romance. No wonder critics call Good Girls your next TV addiction. And Rotten Tomatoes rates it 100% fresh. Ooh, Good Girls, Sundays on NBC. The new season has already had some wild twists, so watch live. And stream anytime.